Good morning, everyone. I greet you in Christ's name. In our hymnal, we have a song, song number 220, that we sing occasionally, uh, especially around Mother's Day and, and uh, sometimes Father's Day. I, I have this impression that we sing it more often on Mother's Day than we do Father's Day. But it's, it's the song, uh, Love at Home. And, and this song, the, uh, the words and the music were written by John H. McNaughton, who lived from 1829 to 1896, uh, according to our uh, songbook note here. And during the Civil War, I found that that he wrote patriotic songs, uh, sympathetic to the Union cause. So he knew about war. He knew about hatred and conflict and violence and death. I don't know if he actually fought in the war, but this song is about peace and and love at at home and and the song is idealistic uh, and it has been known I have heard it expressed it has been known to irritate some uh, stressed out parents with some of the lines of of bliss uh, I'll, I'll just read the uh, the, the main part of the, of the song, and, and you think about these words as I read them. There is beauty all around when there's love at home. There is joy in every sound when there's love at home. Peace and plenty here abide, smiling sweet on every side. Time doth softly, sweetly glide when there's love at home. In the cottage there is joy when there's love at home. Hate and envy ne'er annoy when there's love at home. Roses blossom neath our feet. All the earth's a garden sweet, making life a bliss complete when there's love at home. Kindly heaven smiles above when there's love at home. All the earth is filled with love when there's love at home. Sweeter sings the brooklet by, brighter beams the azure sky. Oh, there's one who smiles on high when there's love at home. Jesus, show thy mercy mine, then there's love at home. Sweetly whisper, I am thine. Then there's love at home. Source of love, thy cheering light far exceeds the sun so bright can dispel the gloom of night. Then there's love at home. Love at home, love at home, love at home. Can dispel the gloom of night. Then there's love at home. Now, most homes experience a lot more commotion than this song 
describes. And ours did and, and still isn't. Uh, I have yet to see roses blossoming under my feet. Sometimes I thought I saw them under Martha's, but um, but the song does make a very important point, a, a really important point, and that is, if there's love at home, home is a much better place, and life is much better, and things you know we just have a better perspective, uh, a different perspective on life and the things that happen to us when there's love at home. Now the Bible stresses the importance of love. Love is taught, it is commanded over and over and over again, uh, especially in the New Testament. And you think about it as you read through the Gospels, through the Epistles, how often you read about love and the encouragement, the call, the command to love, to love one another. And I'll just read a few, a few examples. Romans 13, 8. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Galatians 5, 13. By love, serve one another. And the next verse, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Ephesians 4, 2, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. And in the next chapter, it says, walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us. And in 1 Peter, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. This, this verse always impresses me how he is acknowledging that they have obeyed God's commands to love one another. But then he emphasizes it more and says, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently that you grow even more in your love for one another. And in 1 John, John talks a lot about love. In 1 John 4, beginning at verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. 
Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us. And then we have that passage from 1 Corinthians 13 that we're all very familiar with. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass, as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal, clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Underlining to us that we can do a lot of things right, good about our homes, and we can have a nice house an adequate house. We can work hard and provide groceries for our family, nutritional meals, prepare nutritional meals, well balanced with the right amount of carrots and onions and, and broccoli as, as balanced to fruit and vegetables and so on. And, and we can see that our children are, are uh, clothed well and that... Um, We have a library full of good books and that we have a lot of things for them to play with. But if we have not love in our home, if we have not the love we ought to have, something is suffering, something is seriously lacking, and it's going to have a a bad effect. And it profits me nothing. Well, these are just a few scriptures Uh, of many examples in the Bible that stress the importance of Christian love. And though uh, these aren't specifically addressing home, home is, our home is most certainly included and, and is one venue that among many where love must be and must be expressed. Love must be wherever Christians are, wherever Christians are living and working and serving. God is love. God loves us. And God calls us to to love. And uh, I think the Christian home is, is the workshop of love where we first experience love, most of us. It's where we first feel it and see it and watch it in everyday life. And the home is first where love is taught and is nurtured and grows. Yes, the the church is an important part of it and there are many other influences that can come to bear on us. But in a Christian home, 
That should be where it starts, where it's underlined and emphasized and experienced. The Christian home is also a laboratory. It's, uh, it's where love is tested. It's where it is tried in just practical, everyday situations. It's where it works and where it fails and comes up short often. Everything that true Christian love is and is meant to be is needed in our homes. <clears throat> love at home begins with parents, begins with mom and dad. They set the tone for relationships in the home. They establish the environment of this home. And love at home begins with parents loving God. Now that's very obvious. What I'm saying here is nothing new. It begins by us loving God. Jesus answered that lawyer, we've heard this often, who asked him, what's the greatest commandment? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That's the first, that's the greatest commandment Jesus told that lawyer. Now there's a verse I want you to notice, 1 Timothy 1 and verse 5. If you'll open your Bibles to that verse. 1 Timothy 1 and verse 5. This jumped out at me a few weeks back when I was reading through Timothy. <clears throat> and I've thought about it before, but it just especially impressed me uh, several weeks ago. 1 Timothy 1 verse 5. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Now the commandment to Timothy, we should be interested in knowing what the commandment is here. The commandment to Timothy in those first verses, it doesn't just say, I command you do this, do this, do this. But the, the implication and what he was telling Timothy was to teach to others the doctrines that he had been taught by Paul. The, uh, the scriptures, the instruction that Paul had given to Timothy, the spiritual instruction that Paul had given to Timothy, he was to teach to others. Now, the goal of the commandment, the end of the commandment is... Uh, the way the King James says it, is charity out of a pure heart. That love springs from a pure heart is the way the Amplified says it. That when there is um, a, a pure heart that is devoted to God and there is a clear conscience 
and a sincere faith. There is, in other words, a relationship with God that love springs from that relationship. A pure heart, a clear conscience, and a sincere faith. So um, that, that impresses on us the importance of we love God. Parents love God. And love at home, Christian love at home begins with parents loving God. Jesus taught in an interesting way. I'm sure it caught the attention of uh, the people he was teaching in Luke 14, verses 25 and 26 say this. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said to them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also he cannot be my disciple. So there were these, this is a great crowd, great crowds, it says multitudes following Jesus. They were interested in his teachings. They were kind of excited about his miracles. Very excited, actually. And maybe, uh, maybe they were feeling a loyalty to Jesus at this point as well. But Jesus turns to them and says, to be a disciple of mine requires that you meet certain conditions. There must be more than just interest in what I'm saying and excitement about miracles and, and more than loyalty. That there must be some, there must be a right priority in the heart of a disciple, and that is that a true disciple of Jesus must put him first, and everything else is second. The true disciple of Christ must love Christ, must love God more than anything else. Did Jesus, was Jesus serious when he said, that we should love God, but hate our wives, our husbands, our families. In the context here, what Jesus was saying, uh, the word hate means love less. <clears throat> In fact, uh, where this uh, teaching is, well, okay, one translation that I uh, saw tries to catch the thought this way. And instead of saying, if a man come to me and hate not, it says, if any man come unto me without prizing far less dearly. It's the way the Berkeley translation says it. If any man come unto me without prizing far less dearly. And Matthew um, says it this way, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Now we understand Jesus was not saying to hate our wife or husband or our children or our parents 
but he was calling the disciples, his disciples, to love him more than anything, more than anyone else. So that is a, uh, that's a good thing for moms and dads, for all of us, husbands and wives, to think about. You know, we first get married and, um, well, even, even before, we, we just love our companions so much. And I hope we still do. Uh, but, you know, it's sometimes we can, if we really think about it, we may love our companion or our family or ourselves more than we really love God. And that's the question that Jesus is asking. So another way to look at this, if we love a wife or a husband or our family more than we love God, would that kind of be idolatry? Could be. But to love Christ first and most is only our reasonable worship, as Paul wrote in Romans 12. And when we love God, we don't have time to talk about all of this, but when we love God, we love His ways. And we accept His design we, for family. We accept that He has roles for a husband and a wife, for parents, for children. And we accept them as right. We know they are right. We know they are good and they are best and they are for our good. And there has been so much tragedy and so much suffering because people have not accepted the, uh, the teaching, the design of God for marriage and family and home. And as we understand the... Uh, as we love God and as we understand His teaching, we and, and what He says works, uh, we embrace it and try to follow it. We, we uh, joyfully accept it. So love at home begins with parents uh, and with children who are old enough to understand that a loving God first. And when there's love at home, parents love each other. Uh, the second part of Jesus' answer to the lawyer was this. The second commandment is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And for most of us here this morning, I, I would imagine that our family members are our closest neighbors. And husband and wife are the closest neighbor of all. Paul wrote, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. 
And he wrote to Titus that the older women, godly women, should teach the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to love their neighbors. We're to love our neighbors in our homes. Husbands and wives uh, are called to love each other exclusively in the, in the uh, marital sense. In the, in the marriage, they keep the promise. They made when they married to keep yourself only unto him or her as long as you both shall live. There's a security in their relationship. They can trust each other. They feel safe. Christian love does not break a marriage. It does not break a home. It does not, true Christian love does not stress or strain the tie that binds a marriage together. And it is a blessed security when children know that mom and dad love each other. That adds a lot to the safety and security of a child's life at home. And when husband and wife love each other, when mom and dad love each other, they carry out their roles as God taught them. They carry them out with love. They carry them out responsibly. He is a Christian leader. She is a Christian supporter and helper in the marriage. And they are a mission team together in nurturing their children, in their concern for their children, and in their work with their children and relating to their children, and bringing them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord as, as Paul taught. And when there's love at home, Parents love their children. We would not be surprised at that, would we? It's a blessing for children to be loved. It's what God intended for children to experience. For them to be cared for, to be provided for by loving parents is a wonderful gift to a child. It is the duty of a Christian parent it is a gift for any child. In the, in the practical working out, it greatly affects how they view themselves and how they relate to others and the world around them. Not in a self-esteem kind of worldly-wise way with an inflated ego that by flattery and by lifting them up as superior to others, um, telling them how they're better than others in successes they have or in qualities of their character or personality or abilities that they're stronger, faster, nicer, or something better than others so they feel better about themselves. That, that fosters pride and self-consciousness that, that's not being kind to a child. 
but rather that they, they sense, they have a quiet confidence and security that they are wanted, that they belong here in this home, that they are loved by God. They hear it in the stories uh, that mom and dad read them from the Bible. And they, they know that dad and mom love them. And they know that they, were, that they are uniquely created by God for a purpose. They're special in that sense. And they are learning the security and the peace of obedience and submission through the correction and discipline of their kind and loving parents. <clears throat> and they are ex experiencing the fulfillment of faithful, responsible, useful, service. They, they are learning to work. They're learning to be responsible. They can put toys in the toy box. They can help set the table. They can feed a puppy. Even young, they can begin to, to do things that are helpful to the family. And it, um, there's a, a sense, there's a, a healthy sense of fulfillment about being able to serve, doing things that help others. <clears throat> and through teaching and example and training, uh, they are learning the golden rule. They're learning courtesy and good manners and sharing. When parents love their children, there's a, a nurturing environment where, where children grow up safe and healthy and protected. Christian love at home starts with parents who love God more than anything else, who truly love each other, who love their children. Loving God first helps us love others, to love our neighbors. It helps a husband and wife love each other and their children more, for we are filled with the love of God. Loving God most doesn't leave our companion or our children less loved than if we put them first. But actually, they are loved more. Romans 5, 5 says, The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So if we love our families first, most, they're actually loved less than if we love God most and he has a proper place in our heart because we miss the uh, fullness of the, the spirit and uh, the work of the spirit is hindered in our heart. When we love Christ first, 
we love one another. Our companion, our children as a service to, to God. In the practical outworking of love at home, I invite you to uh, look with me at 1 Corinthians 13 just for a couple of minutes. <clears throat> love at home is more than fuzzy affections. It works out in a lot of down-to-earth grit and grime and sometimes even muck of practical everyday life and relationships. And I'd just like to read uh, beginning at verse 4 where in this chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians he describes what this love is like. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. You know, as we look at that, at that list of things, we can see how, how that uh, really does apply to home life. It applies to marriage, family, relating to children, patience. Why did he start there? Why did he say suffereth long first? But there it is. And how quickly, how easily we can get impatient with one another and with our children. He says, be kind. Be gentle. There's humility. It vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. It doesn't brag. And it's humble enough, this Christian love is humble enough to say, admit wrong, to say I'm sorry. And that is a, that is a very, those words are necessary in a Christian home. I am sorry. We want to teach our children to be able to say, I am sorry to one another when they are mean and nasty or do something wrong, selfish. But there are times when mom and dad have to say, I'm sorry to their children. And there are times when, when mom and dad have to say, I'm sorry to each other. Because there's a, a Christian humility. Isn't rude, verse 5, doth not behave itself unseemly. There's courtesy, a Christian courtesy. 
isn't self-serving, seeketh not her own, not easily provoked. You know, sometimes, maybe often, it's happened. it happened in our home. Uh, there was angry discipline. Me, upset with a child. I remember once spanking a child out here close to the road one Sunday night. And I was really aggravated. He was thoroughly spanked. Notice it wasn't Elisa. <laughs> Isn't resentful. All of these things just are really practical, everyday uh, outworkings of love should be in a Christian in a Christian home. And, you know, I look back at my family life and uh, my home life, I mean, my, my own home, and there are things I regret. And I've told my children this, and I'll say, I think I've said it here too, but, you know, I was not the model dad uh, or even the model husband uh, at times in our, in our home. And... Um, and I'm sorry for that. And if your home isn't what it ought to be, um, do not despair. And I would say that, that our home is a work in progress yet. And there are things to learn and things to grow in. And this song has uh, this noble goal, this very idyllic uh, portrayal of, of a Christian home. And we, we want to work toward that. We want to commit ourselves to that because that's what God calls us to. And when there's love at home, a home is built up. A marriage is built up. Children are nurtured. And God's blessing is upon it. And notice how in this last uh, verse of the song, um, it's, a, it's a cry to God and an acknowledgement that when God has his place, then there's love at home. And when there's love at home, then there's more love at church. I think there we'll find there's more love at church. There's more love at school. There's more love in the workplace, there's more love in the community. Jesus said, love one another. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. And Jesus said, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. When children look at their parents and see that kind of love, it gives parents the parents uh, example and blessing uh, are a rich uh, motivation and instruction for a child and and a Christian home that where there's love at home 
is a powerful testimony to, to the world around us. May God bless you and shall we have a closing song.